Rick Jensen on 1150 AM, 1017 FM, WDEL. Clarification and understanding. That's what we're going for in this segment with Dr. Sandra Gibney. She's been testing and vaccinating folks here in Delaware through some of the, uh, the meanest neighborhoods uh, going into homeless camps, as well as anybody and everywhere else that's looking to be tested. And she does the same thing with the vaccines as well. Dr. Sandra Gibney, straight shooter, thanks for being on the air. Hi, hi Sandy. Hi, good morning, Rick. How are you? I'm okay. Um, uh, a little bit confused. Let me go over some information, some uh, numbers here, and then have you squared away. So watching the networks, it's Omicron, Omicron, Omicron. And yet we're also hearing that it is mild. So with that, it's also being uh, conflated with the network saying more hospitalizations, more hospitalizations. And that seems confusing. Here in Delaware, for example, um, since uh, December 14, uh, December 13, around there, we've had an average about 360 people in hospitals statewide uh, here in Delaware from COVID. In fact, uh, just Let's see, uh, a few days ago, December 18, it was 420. That's down to 365. And the seven-day average of deaths is two people a a day are dying here in Delaware over the last seven days of seven-day average. If Omicron is indeed so mild, 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 uh, what's really happening, Sandy? Yeah. So, um, you know, some of the – when we last talked, we said we're – you know, I asked you to give me some time – to see what happened to the folks in South Africa because they were leading us in infections. And um, I mean, first off, let's say, let's say this, as, and we've talked about this, if the virus continues to find people to be uh, hosted, um, it will get smarter and trickier and be able to evade some of our defenses. We do know that Omicron spreads much faster. It reinfects easier. Now when we're doing periodic sampling, um, Omicron is become the predominant variant. 73% of cases that were or sampled were uh, Omicron. Now that's six times higher than last week. And, and we know the thing that's quite unique is Omicron are, are doubling. It, 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 the number of viruses, it can double in, in two to three days is the number of viral, viral particles. And they did a, uh, a look at how many cases per 100,000 um, were, were occurring now. Um, and that they compared if you were unvaccinated, um, if you got two vaccines, or you've been boosted. And the number of cases were quite staggering. Uh, 451 out of 100,000 people um, got COVID that were unvaccinated versus 134 that got two vaccin- vaccinations versus 48 um, for people that um, got boosted. Uh-huh. So really a big, big case. And, and as we, we mentioned before, the more uh, infections we have, the more people that are infected, those folks are going to have other underlying premorbid, if you will, conditions, diabetes, hypertension, obesity, heart disease, advanced age, immune problems. And so likelihood for them is that some of those folks um, are going to require hospitalization for oxygenation and for dehydration, but mostly because of pneumonia and secondary infections as well that that develop. And the problem with Omicron as well is that in the past, we thought that COVID protection, if you got COVID, you'd have at least, you know, three to six months of protection from reinfection. With Omicron, we're not seeing that. Prior 
uh, infection with Omicron uh, does not protect you um, like it did with other strains. We, we knew that if you got, say, a, a Delta strain or one of the earlier uh, permutations, that you would probably be about 85% protected to get sick again for about six months. But with Omicron, because of these major changes that we talked about, even having COVID, you're probably only about 19% protected by having a COVID infection prior. So the efficacy versus Omicron, two doses, you probably uh, are going to have about a 20% uh, chance of the vaccine working for you after a booster, somewhere up around 55 to 80%. Um, but, but again, you have to understand that they're not necessarily, these people are not necessarily, it's the, it's the sheer number and there are other conditions. And th- th- we see this with the flu. You know, we, we've talked about that. The, t- the flu typically kills anywhere from 12 to 52,000 people a year. Um, and, and during that, there's probably 700,000 hospitalizations. So not, not all of them die, but many of them get sick enough to require oxygen. Yeah, well, the difference here um, is with COVID, we've had over 700,000 people die. So, so that's very, very different. And, uh, you know, last year we were talking about this and nobody on this program, myself or you or others were saying getting vaccinated means that you're not going to get COVID. We, you were very, very, I think, uh, level headed about the whole thing, uh, you know, and hopeful as well. So, uh, two doses, 20% protection over what, after how many months though, Sandra? Yeah, we're hoping, you know, this all assumes that the virus doesn't get trigger on us and does too many, you know, different mutations. We're hoping that you're going to get, you know, six to eight months out of that. Now, remember, Omicron, you know, there was 50 amino acid changes, either substitutions or deletions. Right. 32 of those were right on the spike protein, and 10 of them were right where the it binds, the protein binding domain. Mm-hmm. And that has never been seen. That's like twice as much as we had had with Delta. And and I guess the thing is, you know, it seems locally that people are doing the the right thing and going out and get boosted. But but U.S.-wide, it's only about 29.5% of the population that have have gotten a booster. And, you know, Moderna says if you get a half-dose booster, which is what was the emergency use authorization for, they feel that it boosts your antibody levels about 37 times from what it had been pre-booster level. Now, of course, with Omicron, they're looking at, instead of giving you a half-dose booster with Moderna, getting a full-dose booster, and not unexpected, getting a full-dose booster increases your neutralizing antibody levels in your bloodstream instead of 37 times, 83 times more than your pre-booster level. So I think more to come on that. Now, mind you, when you give a full dose, I don't, I don't know about you, but I hear many people's anecdotes to what it felt like after their second dose. Mm-hmm. Some people, you know, um, had a pretty rough ride. So Moderna uh, initially said, well, how effective can we get um, with the least dose? Because the side effects of headache, body aches, bone breaking pain in some individuals, you know, that that is a deterrent for people wanting to go back and get another one, right? Um, so so that that lower half dose seems to be working with the viral, if if you will. They, they they typically use a viral mimic and when they're testing, and then they use it in people. 
but but uh, you know, so I think eventually we may see because of Omicron and other variants that are yet to come until we all get vaccinated, is that uh, we may see that that <clears throat> a, a full dose booster booster may be recommended. Now, now, now I, I want to interrupt you right well, now. I want to interrupt you right now. Because, you know, I'm I'm listening actively, as many, many people are, and having talked with many people, especially those who are afraid of the vaccines and don't want to do this, there is something you said, I think, that was going to be of, of great concern. People would say, oh, 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 well, she said 20%, 20%, might as well not even get the vaccine. Uh, you were We were talking about Omicron and Delta. And uh, you said two doses, there's 20% protection. Um, and that, is that over Omicron? as I understand, because it gives you much better protection on the more severe Delta. I just want you to clear that up, please. Yeah, so um, I think what we're all talking about is, you know, right now I'm talking about uh, Omicron. And and you have to understand something about how they do these numbers and how this research goes. And, um, you know, you say that you have three times more neutralizing antibodies circulating, Basically, what we're saying is that's what's measured in the laboratory, and that's not the only uh, line of defense. Those antibodies are only your first line of defense. You have a second line of defense in your T cells, um, which are going to do a a lot of good as far as getting um, people not getting sick. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So, so the um, the Omicron, if you get a booster, we're saying different than delta this is this is omicron and it's a small amount of data right it's a little less effective right but but for delta but unfortunately about as i said about 73 percent of the samples that are being tested um are now showing up as no omicron which wasn't the case you know a week or two ago but the it's people in the hospital don't are not in the hospital with omicron they're in the hospital with delta aren't they Correct. Yeah. I okay. mean, that's the problem. Remember, we talked about this. Probably yeah. Like and I, w- I want to get to that right now, time. too. I'm, I'm going to interrupt yeah. you again because I want to I want to kind of keep the conversation flowing here. And uh, and uh-huh. you as a scientist and a physician, um, understandably, you love to get into detail about this. And not all of us really understand all these levels of details. I, I understand some of it because, you know, I've been studying it, listening to people like you and others around the country. But when it comes to knowing how many people are in the hospital who have Omicron versus how many people are are in Delta, um, I I guess one thing we should understand, I'm trying to figure out how to put this into, like, you know, common vernacular. I mean, you know, how do you convert multifascia uh, whole genome sequence, you know, what we know as the WGS files, to uh, protein polypeptide sequences for gene cluster analysis? Uh, How do I say that? Um, In other words... How how do the scientists uh, determine which of these genomes they're looking at is Delta and which of them are Omicron? And why is it that we're not getting the reports on which is Delta and which is Omicron if there's even any Omicron in the hospitals at this point? So how do they yeah. do it and why are we not getting this data uh, really quick? Okay, so really quick. Um, so you have a 32,000 nucleic acid sequence that makes up Omicron uniquely different um, from maybe the uh, that number. Um, for example, if I had a train that had uh, 10 boxcars of coal and five boxcars of clothing, um, 
that train that went by would look like a train. But until I stopped it and evaluated what is in each car, boxcar, it would be a unique train. Those nucleic acid sequence for Omicron is unique and different than Delta. There's 32,000 of them. Mm-hmm. That has to undercurrent. What has to happen in order to identify it is you have to take a sample uh, from an infected person, run that sample through a, a process which basically amplifies those nucleic acids and identifies that unique sequence. That is expensive. That takes time. In South Africa, it took them seven hours to be able to sequence and figure out genomically that they had Omicron. Now, understand with the financial constraints, we cannot send a swab to our state labs and take every case. It it couldn't happen. It's just not logistically possible. So serial sampling will occur. And once we genotype it, once we got it down, then it becomes easier, like a fingerprint, to match. But early on, it's challenging. When we have a new iteration, it's challenging. So, so you know, that's why there's not only a, a catch-up lead, but there's also surveillance. And so only a certain number of samples are looked at. But when we pull them together and we see the same sample over showing that same boxcar of the train, that same nucleic acid sequence, it becomes easier to identify it then. But a new strain will take longer. So, again, this is very arduous, time-consuming so you just don't – people just think, oh, you know, I just dip it around and swirl, and there's Omicron. It's not that easy. <laughs> yeah, no, no. And uh, if anybody wants to Google CRISPR technology, um, yep. that became big news. We were talking about, you know, cloning sheep and things like that many, many years ago. Now, you're going to be yeah, – uh, you're going to be vaccinated. Huh? It's like a cut and paste, actually. Yeah. You know, that's how we solved a lot of these genetic things, T-Sacs, but – and other things. In fact – um, you know, the, that's the way that that we can see the future for for different cures. But yes, I am vaccinating tomorrow. I am a serial vaccinator. Yes. Um, and <laughs> you've named me. You've given me that moniker. But but uh, yeah, uh, we'll be out in Claymont actually today. But tomorrow, um, in hopes to get a, h- a higher number of the people boosted, I will have Pfizer and Moderna. And I'm not going to make you cho- choose which one you think I should get, but um, to, or give to you, but we'll be at the center. Um, I got to be at the Hope Center. Yes, from uh, from one uh, thirty to three thirty tomorrow. I saw your text message here. So, yeah, awesome. Oh, yes, and, and and isn't it interesting? Yeah, you were very very yeah. skeptical about the Johnson and Johnson last year. Even in two thousand twenty, yeah. you were very skeptical about this, and you laid yeah. out your reasons based upon its design yeah. versus the mRNA. And what does the CDC say? The CDC did not say Dr. Sandra Gibney was right, but they mm-hmm. said everything that you said about Johnson Johnson, your concerns, is correct. So I, I that's another I reason that. why I why I believe that uh, that we should trust you. I do. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not going to take credit for the fact that there were some concerns, but I knew that a one-dose vaccine, a one-and-done, was too good to be true with this particular virus. And I also knew that the technology using a messenger RNA will allow us to quickly be very nimble and change our vaccine. And that may well happen if these other variations and mutations 
start escaping us, we're going to change that messenger recipe. We're not going to use the same messenger RNA recipe um, for the next iteration if it gets too crazy. We're going to we're going to change that sequence to match exactly what we think is the virus that it's using. And so for that value, for that reason, I I. I appreciated the technology, which is not new. People think this is all new and hooey-pooey, but it's not. It's been around for a while. That's how we got an Ebola vaccine and others. Um, but, but again, the same technology probably will be used to cure cancer or at least to fight cancer using that same recipe so that when you can build antibodies to particular markers um, on cancer cells. So okay, so it's done. It right. Dr. Sandra yeah. Gibney, yeah, I'd love to yeah. just find that moment I can say, okay, uh, we get that. <laughs> There's so many. I just love the yeah. fact that you have so much knowledge, you want to share it all. Dr. Sandra Gibney, she's been a straight shooter on the vaccines and Omicron and Delta right now is what we're talking about. And producer Randy has a question for you as well, as well uh, doctor. Oh, the, oh, Randy. Yes. Oh, Hello, Dr. Gibney. Um, Hello, you're right there. How yeah. are you? I, I'm well, thank you. How are you? Um, producer extraordinaire, by the way. Oh, thank you so much. You're too kind. Um you know how every you'll hear of people that'll get COVID and then they'll say, well, can I get the vaccine now? And my question to you is, I mean, I've heard that cliche over and over, but uh, my question to you is what would happen if someone did test positive and then got the vaccine? Would that be mm-hmm. counterproductive or? Um, you know, so the whole reason to give a vaccine is to try to give a look to your immune system so it can build up antibodies. That's the whole purpose. Give something that looks like COVID and then your body makes antibodies what it believes will be an infection with COVID. So the answer to your question is, would it harm you to get vaccinated if you were actively infected with COVID? Not likely. You already have that same stimulus to your body. Um, to make antibodies. So we have had people that got vaccinated one day and tested positive the next, and you know very well that they were sick when they got the vaccine um, or before. Um, However, the immune system takes quite a hit when you're infected. Um, It's working very, very hard to produce antibodies um, to try to combat uh, the COVID infection you have. So to get a vaccine at that time would kind of be superfluous. How, um, how long do you think someone should wait after they've been uh, they've tested positive and then they get the negative test? And how long after that should they get the uh, the vaccine? Then you think when it comes to having yeah, the antibodies so you, you want need. Your, yeah, so it takes two weeks to recover from the infection as a minimum, right? And then you need probably another two weeks for your immune system to just get a break and relax and be able to reconstitute. So typically. I ask people to wait a month after they're infected to consider vaccination. And I do tell them to get vaccinated because they have antibodies to the wild type or the variant that they got infected with, but not necessarily Delta, Omicron or another iteration coming down the road. So it's kind of a perfect match for their infection with the antibodies, but not a perfect match for future iterations or mutations. Gotcha. One month afterwards, uh, despite uh, the variations. Yeah, Randy. You're still if you're still sick and sick and horrible and you didn't get over it, of course not, right? You right. shouldn't get vaccinated when you don't feel well. But if you're doing great, a month is a reasonable time that a you clear the infection and b your immune system gets recovery. So, so we have about a a, we have one minute now. Yeah, Randy. Okay. Now I know someone that has the vid, and their dog, you know, kisses the vid. The, yeah, oh my the God. Vid. Okay. That's so, what it's called now. The vid. Okay. Yeah, that's what the the hip like kids the are calling it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in, in the hood. So, um, 
so their dog kisses you know them because it's a dog right so now if that same dog then runs up to another person and kisses that person you know by like licking their face i mean by kissing uh could the dog transfer <laughs> not not likely first of all just one lick is probably not enough to transfer enough viral particles you know and we don't see animals as a vector we did have some tigers at the San Diego Zoo that tested positive. Um, but again, we learned, or, you know, that, that COVID doesn't live long on surfaces. At first, we thought it did. Remember, everybody was like irradiating their mail in the microwave. Yeah, I know. It was crazy times. Yeah. yeah. But it doesn't last like that. And so, you know, an incidental lick to a lick. I mean, I wouldn't do it over and over and over. No, but, but with the um, dogs, don't don't worry about it so much. All right, Dr. Yeah. Sandra Gibney, who's also a dog lover. Thank you so much for your time and your knowledge. Thank you, Absolutely. Dr. Thank you, Randy, for the questions. Great questions, sir. Thank you. You're welcome, Nick. Have a great day.